Hello and welcome to HR Essentials. I'm Laura and in this show, you'll hear from a range of special guests, top HR leaders all offering a slightly different, delightfully honest and an engaging exploration on all things HR. From management and leadership to HR technology and pretty much everything else in between. So whether you're a HR professional or not, stay tuned as we dig up tips, tools, and insights that you can apply to your own organization. Welcome to Leaderonics FM. I'm Laura, and in this episode of HR Essentials, we will be discussing preparing for tomorrow's workforce today. We have Salika Suksowan, Human Capital Leader at PwC Malaysia with us today. A little bit emotional for me because Salika hired me when I was fresh out of uni. Uh, actually, actually, not really fresh out of uni. Before I finished my finals, I hired and, and I have really good memories, uh, experiences during my time at PwC when I was in assurance. Um, and they really built the foundation for me in my career as well. And I think when I was reflecting back, uh, even back then, HR played a really huge role in supporting me in my journey um, and that built my views and understanding about what HR is all about. And I'm sure that played you know, a huge role in what I'm doing now as well in the HR industry. So to be able to have you with us today, to have a conversation about HR, it's an honour. Thanks for being here with us. <laughs> Thank you. The pleasure is mine. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Our topic is preparing for tomorrow's workforce today. So before we get into the tomorrows, you know, Salika, based on your interactions with different HR people and your networking, where do you think HR in Malaysia is at today? In terms of preparing for the future, I think there's a lot of conversations. Mm. Uh, awareness is certainly there among the HR fraternity that we do need to work towards being future ready mm. and preparing our workforce and upskilling them uh, to have the relevance uh, that is required uh, to still uh, perform well yeah. um, in the future. However, amidst all the discourse on technology, IR 4.0, automation, I'm not very sure whether organisations are really taking steps to move towards being future ready. Mm. Uh, but certainly there's a lot of awareness, yeah. a lot of discourse at conferences. This mm, that's uh, right. future of work will always be a topic uh, that is put forward for the HR community to, to talk about. Um, but I think the next step is to really look at a roadmap in terms of moving towards... Uh, towards the future and, and what is the role of HR in preparing our workforce to be future ready. Yeah, and I think this has been a topic um, not just in recent times but also maybe in the past few years and we're looking at the the roadmap being shorter and shorter. We do have to get right into it. And so what are some key areas of focus that, that forward-looking HR professionals are looking at today um, to really prepare the organisation to stay relevant and competitive? Yeah. So as HR leaders, we would like to partner with our business um, to create an environment in the workplace where our people have a good experience at work mm. and they will thrive while also delivering uh, a good business performance. Mm. And how can we sustain this, right? To, to be able to also look at the disruptive challenges mm. that uh, is coming our way. Um, 
many organisations have also um, started to prepare the workforce to face the uncertain world of the future. Mm. So, P- yes. so PwC <laughs> in 2018 um, ran a survey globally mm. and um, asked HR leaders and business leaders um, across the globe to share what are the areas that are deemed important mm. in terms of organizational capabilities that businesses need to consider right. so that we are ready to take on the disruptive challenges mm. uh, that we will face. And I'll share with you uh, the top 10 mm. uh, organizational capabilities that are identified by the survey respondents. Now, some of these areas you will find um, are quite familiar and are already quite topical among uh, the HR community. Um, so, for example, we need to have an organisation which is trusted by society, by the customers, by our employees. Yeah, mm. And also in trying to build trust, we have to focus on human skills. You know, organisations highly um, value and reward human skills like leadership, mm. creativity, having empathy, having curiosity. The third area is about well-being. Now, mm. this is something PwC Malaysia has really uh, started to focus on mm. in recent years. I'll share more about that later. Yeah. Also, the focus on output rather than the hours of work. That's also an area I'm very passionate right. about. I'll talk more about this later on. Um, next is a collaborative environment mm. where we encourage teamwork um, and also innovation mm. and um, getting our workforce to be more agile and adaptable yeah and looking at how we can um, emphasize our life and our work and try to integrate all this together um, and have a more sustainable work life yeah. and also a culture of greater transparency where our younger workforce and future workforce will want to understand, for example, mm. uh, gender pay gap mm. um, or how are they being remunerated. You know, um, I think we will move away from previous years where everything is so confidential. Yeah. I think in the future, we do need to be more transparent. Right. Um, and last but not least, a lot of organisations are looking into reskilling and also continuous learning so that your workforce can remain relevant. So these are the capabilities that have been identified as the top 10 areas of focus in the report. Um, You're all most welcome to help yourself to reading the details in the report. I can also share with you uh, what we in PwC Malaysia are doing to address these organisational capabilities. And the report is called Preparing for Tomorrow's Workforce Today and you can readily find it online as well. Yeah, I, I, and I think this is ranked by top, the top 10 is ranked by what is most important first. And it's interesting to see that trust uh, will always be number one and not just trust within the organization, but also trust outside. And I think PwC has done a lot of work also in your uh, campaigns in building trust. So that's been really insightful. Uh, could you share some of the ex- some of what PwC is doing to embrace these capabilities and how you drive it within the organization? Yeah, so I'll focus on three areas. Mm. Yeah, well-being at work, 
focusing on output rather than hours mm. and also as you mentioned you know how do we build trust right. so these are three areas that i will uh, elaborate further in terms of how we bring it to life in mm. pwc mm. Uh, malaysia so let's talk about well-being um, we all recognize in uh, professional services that our work is really fast paced and we work in a demanding environment we have clients um, that are wanting uh, a lot out of their auditors their tax consultants <laughs> and their you know management consultants mm. so it's important that we provide our employees with periods of recovery mm. and what does that mean you know looking at the career their careers as a marathon rather than a sprint mm. so having the the opportunity to take a break to pause to retain the energy mm. and to renew the energy mm. um and the irony of it is that the more intense our work becomes the greater is the need for us to really renew this energy but our tendency is when we get busy we ignore the need to renew we get can busy deprive <laughs> we don't take breaks etc so as an organization how do we encourage our people right. to focus on the need to rejuvenate mm. right so pwc has introduced a period every year that we call rest and refresh wow which means at the end of the year the whole organization takes a break right Uh, we declare down, that the right? office mm. closes. Mm. We inform our clients. We encourage all our people to go and do things that will um, will allow you to have a fresher mind when you come back in the new year. And you know, because the whole organization is on a break, you don't have to worry that your inbox <laughs> is flooded when you you return to work. All, all your bosses are also on a break, and nice. and, and your clients are informed. So that's one. The other um, form of encouragement we try to do is to take breaks during your workday, mm. or also uh, in a week, right? You do try to take a break. So once a month, on the second Friday of the month, we have Flex Fridays. Twelve mm. thirty, you can go home if you don't have any urgent deliverables. Mm. So maybe in a year, you may not be able to take Flex Friday Flex Fridays for. 12, Every, yeah. 12 months in a year but when you can it's okay for you to go off at 12:30 and not come back on the wow. second friday of the month and it's very encouraging when you hear uh, the stories um, and the response to our pulse survey we ask our colleagues what do you do during flex friday <laughs> some say i surprise my child by taking her back from school oh. or i tell my siblings it's my turn to take care of uh, my my dad who needs to go for dialysis mm. or i just have me time mm. i go for massage mm. or i go to the spa So I think um, for those who are able to take Flex Fridays, it's very much appreciated, right. and uh, we want to encourage more and more of our colleagues in the firm uh, to be able to take breaks even during their working day. Mm. So what does that mean? We have what we call a habit bank or an energy ritual, uh, in the form of say, well-being challenge. Yeah. Mm. So each team uh, is encouraged to think about. Rituals that you would like to do, so right. it could be simple things like take a break and drink water. Make sure mm. you drink enough water in a day. Uh, take a break and show appreciation to each other. Mm. Um, you can give each other flex points, or you can pat 
someone on the back for job well done. You can write thank you notes. Or you just make a point to laugh together, <laughs> to do quick exercises like planking, etc. So these are ways in which we look at renewal of energy. Right. And we focus um, on the body. Uh, we have Fit PWC, which we had started a few years back, but now we've expanded that beyond body. We're also looking at a healthy mind mm. yeah, with uh, mindfulness uh, mm. activities. Uh, we have an employee assistance program where you have a counsellor whom you can call mm. if you feel that you are overwhelmed, for example. Um, we also have um, well-being in terms of your heart, right? Wow. So mind, body and the heart. The whole world. So heart is... In terms of looking at sense of purpose in why do you do the work that you're doing, you know? Um, taking part in corporate responsibility activities, for example, uh, guiding school children to enhance their soft skills or to um, talk about financial literacy or to also look at what is the purpose of doing the work? What is the mm. meaning of what we are doing? How do we impact our clients mm. and the society? Mm. So taking a pause and thinking a lot more about the sense of purpose, right. that's looking after our hearts. Yeah. So it's a journey. We're taking small steps. Right now, in some of these areas, uh, for some teams, it's awareness. Mm. For some teams, they have also started to embrace many of these activities. Mm. So we want to try to um, inculcate a culture at work where we look at well-being as a way of life, yeah. um, part and parcel of our work. Yeah. yeah, it's quite interesting because like what you've mentioned are really not big, big process changes, but there are small tweaks to, um, to certain things that needs to happen. But from that process... I mean, HR drives that process. You come up with the, the idea, but that process then leads to a change in behaviours, change in attitude and change in culture eventually as well. And that's in interesting to note that, you know, it doesn't mean only big companies can do that, but it's, you know, anyone can take that. Yeah, you're well. right, Laura. It's really sometimes small gestures yeah. that will really make the your day. The little things. Mm. Yeah, like this morning, I was preparing for the podcast and one of our colleagues in the team who is pregnant for the first time mm. just came to my door and said, can I give you a hug? You know, just like that. I, and I said, but oh. how do I deserve a hug? And then she said, I just want to say thank you for understanding my journey of motherhood. Wow. And just give me a big hug. And that's it. But, yeah. it, you know, she just made my day. Right. That's priceless. Okay, before we go on, we're going to take a short break and we'll hear more about Salika's journey in PwC. Kevin is at an interview for a job. He's a fresh grad and hopes to gain his first working experience. The interviewer asks him, I see that you're very much academically inclined. Oh, thank you. I try my best. Uh, yes, but there doesn't seem to be much working experience on your resume. Uh, yeah, I just graduated, so this will be my first job. Great, we'll call you. Thank you so much. I'm pretty sure you know how this ends. HR interviewers are not only looking at what's on paper. They're looking to understand you, your strengths, as well as areas of improvement and how you could be a fit for the job you applied for, as well as the organization's culture. Past working experience can help paint this picture. Sure, 
most fresh grads don't have much working experience. So, how can they convince an employer to take a chance on them? Here's what Kevin could have said. Uh, yes, but there doesn't seem to be much working experience on your resume. Yes, but I'm a fast learner. I'm eager to learn, and I'm very hardworking. An answer like that would have been better, as it shows what you're willing to bring to the table. But to do so, Kevin has to be aware of what he's actually good at and what he's willing to improve. An easy way for someone in Kevin's shoes to go about identifying his strengths and weaknesses is to take a virtual assessment. If you find yourself in this position, a great resource you could use is the virtual assessment center at leadernomics.com. It would help give you a head start on taking control of your future interview process and to know a little bit more about yourself. Own your future. Link is in the episode's description. Welcome back to HR Essentials. We have Salika Suksowan, human capital leader at PwC Malaysia with us today. So Salika, what does output not hours mean and how does it look like in PwC? Yes, so the report talks about output, not hours. And in a big four environment, we are well known for long working hours. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's a given, you've got to accept it, etc. But now we're trying to move away from this culture where working long hours is seen as a way of showing commitment mm. or hard work. Mm. However, we acknowledge that there is a lot of work. Mm. But we want to challenge our colleagues in thinking that a lot of work does not mean you have to stay long hours at work. Yeah. Yeah. So we run a campaign called Get Home Safe. Oh. Now, in some organizations, they may see this as rather strange. Um, I have HR friends who ask me, you got to run a campaign to get your people to go home? <laughs> Like in my organization, 5.30, everyone goes home. Wow. But in PwC, you do need to encourage our colleagues to Switch go on. home at an hour where they are not too tired because when you're too tired and you're trying to get home, then you may not be able to get home safely, mm. right? But the message is if you really need to still continue the work, mm. use technology, mm. work remotely and Plan your work mm. in a way that it does not mean you have to complete the work on that particular day. Mm. You know, prioritize and, and work together in a team. So if the team plan their work in a way that they don't all have to be in the office at the same time to complete the work, in a team of eight, there may be others in the team who can go home rather than everybody waits around for the team manager to call it a day before they can pack up and leave the office. Mm. So this is the culture that we are trying to promote. And at the same time, we have a Flex Plus program where we give our people more flexibility in deciding when they work, where they work from, wow. and also their hours of work. So we have flex space, we have flex time, and we have what we call a reduced work week. Yeah? Mm. And so this allows our people to better manage the work but that doesn't mean that you are less committed or you have less work. It just gives you the flexibility to better manage your work life and the opportunity to integrate your work and your life so that in the longer run, you can sustain your career. Yeah. 
And lastly, you wanted to share about trusted by society. How has PWC played a part in that? So we are now trying to encourage our colleagues to look at the larger purpose mm-hmm. and ask ourselves, why are we doing this task? You know, What is the impact to our clients? And mm-hmm. this is in line with our purpose of building trust in society and solving important problems. Mm-hmm. And trust is right now... Um, very, very important in um, getting our stakeholders buy-in yeah? because the public is looking at how corporations um, serve their stakeholders and you know how do they earn their revenue. Are we just focusing on profits yeah. or are we going beyond that? Mm-hmm. Yeah? So in a few years ago, we started uh, really focusing on building trust and we started a few initiatives and conversations about building trust in business. Um, you may have heard about the Building Trust Awards mm. and that's our way of looking at companies that are making strides to um, building trust in terms of how they interact with their stakeholders. Mm. And uh, we also wanted to extend this conversation to uh, the youth, right? And we mm. started a Trust Builders Challenge on campus and it's a campus challenge that looks at case studies where... Um, students are encouraged to come up with their suggestions as to how the CEO of the company can regain or rebuild trust if uh, a certain mishap has happened mm-hmm. yeah, and trust is eroded. So, and more and more now, we, we see the, the need to also have trust within our organisation mm-hmm. in terms of our policies. Yeah. And this is a tough journey for policies. So, for example, we launch Dress for Your Day which means that you have flexwear every day. So every day you wake up, you ask yourself, what is your schedule for the day? And we trust that you will be able to decide how you would like to dress, what you would like to wear. Like slippers and pajamas. So three colleagues in an organisation, one can be heading to Putrajaya, so Mm. could be wearing a baju kurung. I'm heading here, so I wear quite formal. And uh, the colleague who's in the office may decide to wear jeans. And Mm. this can be a Tuesday. So every day, we decide what we would like to wear Mm. based on our schedule for the day. (laughs) Uh, But no slippers or jeans. (laughs) or We still need to maintain a a professional image, but it could be a business casual. Right. That's one simple example, but Mm. it does take um, the organisation to have that leap of faith mm. to say that we trust that you will be able to decide yeah. and use your own judgment. Yeah. Next is what we call flex med. You know, if you're ill, the last thing you want to do really is to drag yourself to the clinic oh. to get a cheat to then prove to your employer that you're sick, <laughs> right? So with flex med, you, mm. you can inform your boss that mm. you're ill and you do not need to provide the medical chit. Right. We trust that you are ill. Right, right. Now, of course, when we wanted to launch this, there were a lot of naysayers to say people will abuse this. I'm sure there will be abuse, mm. just like MC. Mm. Even with the medical yeah, chit, you can obtain the medical chit if you would like to. Yeah. And at the end of the day, back to output, yeah. and not ours. Yeah. Now, if you're the kind of person who likes to abuse mm. um, medical leave or flex mat, it will show in your output, yeah. right? And at the end of the day, you won't be the better performance. Yeah. And we need to address the ones who abuse rather than not have the policy, the trust-based yeah. policy. Yeah. 
but because we have to come to a middle ground, we started this with uh, maybe maximum of three days in a right. year that you can go on FlexMed. But my intention in the longer run is to try to allow people to decide if yeah. they really are too ill to come to work then they stay home, mm. you know, and trust that they will not abuse it. Mm. And for those who abuse, we need to really take mm. uh, stern action mm. against those who are abuse, yeah. abusing the policy. Yeah, that's, yeah. One, that's an interesting example because trust can be such a big thing, can be, you know, so many things, so many topics can come out of it, but it's really taking the simple action of really telling your employees, I trust you, by, make, by you know, giving the opportunity to, to be responsible for your own self, that's simple enough to show that we are we're doing something about it, lah. Yeah, that's cool. And Saiko, you've been in the HR industry for a long time, right? And I'm sure you've seen many many changes. Um, and in the past, you know that data analytics was the buzzword then, um, or revamping performance management. And I think a lot of change was due to the HR function itself having to change with technology coming in. Um, but future of work, that's not just HR, you know, that's that's a whole ecosystem, a whole environment that is changing. How do you think the HR function will change or or is it at risk? As a HR practitioner, I'm quite excited about what's coming because HR is always a fusion of both art and science. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's a constant balancing act of, you know, we have to think strategically, but at the same time, there are the more administrative and transactional part of our job, which still needs to be done, mm. right? So maybe a day, a typical day, actually there is no typical day. So maybe I <laughs> True. think of one day, uh, say last week, right? In the morning, I was discussing our reward strategy, then I had to look at our mobility policy mm. and a foreign direct hire who needs to return, you know. After that, my team says, oh, we're going to be going through an audit from a regulator. So I had to walk them through the process. And then there was a medical emergency in the evening, which I had to attend to. And after that, I had to dress up for a fancy dinner to represent <laughs> the firm at a formal function. Sounds exciting. So this is all in the day's work, right? And you move from trying to be, um, you know, to partner with your business to think strategically to really managing the more transactional mm. or administrative part of your work. So it's always a fusion of the science mm. where we have policies, rules, we have code of conduct, we use data to try to make decisions. You know, there's matrices, KPIs, etc. There's also the art in HR, right? Where mm. you use your judgment because it's all about people and people are not every, in, you know, no two individuals are the same, yeah. right? So in the future, I, I, I look forward to the day when I can outsource all the more transactional and administrative right. part of my work yeah. to robots who will come and do this for me. And that's, that's great. <laughs> so I think there will be a lot more opportunities in the future for HR practitioners to really partner with the business and see how we can win the hearts and minds of our people, mm. how we can provide an environment where the employee experience is enhanced, how can we also change the culture of the organisation yeah. so we can spend a lot more time in looking into the human yeah. side of human resources. Yeah. And that really excites me. Right. Yeah, I can hear that also in your voice. And I think, yeah, HR has changed and evolved rapidly uh, and it's exciting to be in this industry even with technology coming in how does it then uh, enable 
HR to do more, to, to really be value-adding and not just a cost function in a business. And as we look to wrap up, I'd like to get your thoughts on what, what do you think we can do today as HR practitioners um, to prepare ourselves to be, like what you said, fit for the future? So the technological changes, that's real and it's now, right? Mm. And we do need to have an understanding of what that means, I feel. And in PwC, we have to stretch ourselves even further. <laughs> I have to now think about how I can be digitally fit, not just <laughs> physically fit. Now, what does digital fitness mean? Right. You know, we have this um, upskilling strategy for our workforce where all of us go through um, a questionnaire, a self-assessment, and we then have a score of how fit we are digitally. I'm, I must confess that <laughs> I, I, my scores aren't very impressive, right? And so what do we do about that, right? Yeah. So we have... Um, we have a series of learning interventions. Mm. It can be what we listen to, what we read, what we do mm. to try to upskill ourselves yeah, and uh, to, to be able to have conversations and also to start thinking about how we can prepare our workforce to be future ready. Yeah. We really need to always uh, challenge ourselves to be fit yeah, to, mm. to enhance our fitness score in terms our of our uh, digital acumen, we yeah. call it. Yeah. So we do need to be at the forefront of you know what automation means to the workforce. And so that we can highlight, you know, what are the people issues that will uh, that will be impacted uh, with the effects of automation. So for example, how can our people operate? What do they feel about the mm. future of their work? How can we get them ready? So I think we need to be more familiar with uh, technology and we also have to challenge ourselves to upskill our own self yeah. um, before we think about the organisation. <laughs> and this really is also a huge mindset change. Mm. And the greater challenge is the change of mindsets and behaviours. Wow, and yeah. I've said this in many, many conferences that I uh, was speaking in, uh, that a, a fool with a tool <laughs> remains a fool. <laughs> So although Absolutely. PwC has a lot of uh, Tools? technology enablers, um, we have app, we have uh, Vantage where you can mm -hmm. learn anywhere, anytime. We have digital fitness assessment, etc. But all these are just enablers. We ourselves need to really have a change in our mindset and behaviours to mm -hmm. embrace all these technology. Yeah. So having a growth mindset mm -hmm. is really quite important. I feel among the HR fraternity. And what does growth mindset mean? You can actually Google yeah. growth mindset and there's lots of reading yeah. on that. And that's really a contract, an implicit contract where, you know, whilst the business and the employer provide a learning environment, we have to opt in and we have to opt in to subscribe to the learning ourselves mm. and to embrace it. Yeah. yeah. So this is... Uh, Reminder to myself as well as to all my HR friends out there. Um, and yeah. I, would, I would end with a quote, may I? Yeah, sure. Uh, and this is my favourite quote from Master Yoda <laughs> okay. who says, Difficult to see and always in motion is the future. Wow. So although we can't really predict really in, in, in mm. a great uh, level of accuracy what the future has in store for us, what we can do um, 
for ourselves and for our organization is to start right now mm. and start from today for for us to think about preparing ourselves and our workforce to embrace the future. Yeah. And and like what you said change change our mindset is is messy um, and there is rarely a straight line to follow from the present where we are now to the future. And I think each organization will have a different starting point. Uh, PLC may be different from another company and and the definitions of a successful future will vary, but I think we all need to start somewhere. So I think what you shared today uh, were many nuggets of truth that anyone can apply as well. Uh, so thanks for that. And unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Salika, for such an insightful sharing. Um, I have heaps of respect for you and all the things that you're doing and your team is doing at PwC. It's a journey for us. And yes, I am quite fortunate to have a very strong team mm. um, you know, who believes in moving the organization forward. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to Leadernomics FM, the science of building leaders.